I should have uh, put on a mask. Yeah. Cut it, like, because usually, like, before COVID, if I was doing something like that, I would have put on, um, like, a bandana over my mouth, and I was like, oh, I should take a mask out, but I didn't want to wear a mask to do something outside in my own backyard. I understand. You're, that, you're like the reverse anti-masker. <laughs> yeah, and so then, um, so today I'm congested because I got a whole bunch of ivy, like, whatever the dust and crap in there is yeah up in my sinuses but um but my my patio looks good so that was good looked out the, oh, that's good <laughs> yeah looked out the window this morning and was like oh right i did that yesterday yeah and it's supposed to be a nice day today so you can maybe you can go out and, and enjoy it a little bit later yeah yeah no i'm gonna go i i'm doing like a you know those big paper uh yard waste bags yeah, that's kind of my goal. Is I, I'm doing like it's it's not it's not garbage. It's it's weeds. Like I'm doing, I'm just kind of doing cleanup because I want to be able to see the all the spring bulbs come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got to yeah. do that while the while the yeah. ground's still unfrozen. Definitely. Well, happy New Year! Happy New Year! And uh, welcome to Broken Corner. I am Karen. <laughs> and uh, this year I might have a new name. No. Oh yeah. really? No. Is it gonna be beans? <laughs> Yeah, I'm beans. <laughs> and I'm potatoes. Oh, no. Let's, oh, not, no. Do that. let's yeah. not do that ever again. <laughs> I'm a mom, though, anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's a new year. It's a new year. It's a, it's a, new, it's a new year. Yep. <laughs> Here we are, still in our perspective. Perspective? No, respective boroughs in New York City. Yeah, I, I was promised things would be different. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I can't believe it. Like, you got me to yell shut the fuck up, like, within five minutes of the new year starting. Oh my god. Oh yeah, well, I mean, what? you probably just wanted to yell that anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, I do, but I have to have a... For all this recording that we do, I'm actually surprised you haven't yelled shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, so, okay, so we had, we had a, like, a Zoom call with some friends on New Year's Eve. And uh, how did that get kicked off? That like were people saying like was it, did you guys just feel like everybody was saying that things were better because the year changed or what? Yeah, we were like spoofing on everybody's expectations, and you know it just yeah <laughs> it just manifested itself into a shut the fuck up. You know, also like one of those things where it's like you know what is it Murphy's law you know or something along those lines of like you know don't you know basically you know just be careful. <laughs> like the fates have a way of oh of right like that you know. guys were secreting it into existence yeah well so. yeah so by like it we had happy new year everybody cheers to that immediately everybody started saying you know like basically this year was just going to be just as bad and i was like it's 1203 shut the fuck up yeah yeah, because you know, I mean, I mean, look at all the people we had on that call. I mean, a lot of, like <laughs> we're all Gen Xers. Yeah, and negative Nellies, really. If you think about <laughs> it, you know, like it's not like you know, I don't know. When I'm I the su- we were- when I'm the sunshine, it's not looking good. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the only thing worse than that would be me being the sunshine. Yeah, I'm just an eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Is it who does Total Eclipse of the Heart? Is it Taylor Dane? Uh, no, is it Bonnie Bonnie Hart? But no, it's not Bonnie Hart. It's no, it's not Bonnie Bedelia from Die Hard. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> it's oh, Bonnie something. It's not Bonnie Rape. Watch it not even be Bonnie. <laughs> Watch it be like Megan Megan Mullally. Oh, um, Bonnie, Bonnie. There was only like an information highway that we could totally cut this out. Oh, that's what I thought you were doing. Oh, I, can, I can't see you to track you. I know. Total eclipse of the heart. Bonnie Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> there you go. Bonnie Tyler. Um, yeah, because we had that album when I was a kid, like the record. And oh, wow. It was a record with only that song that would like. Not only that song, but only that song was good on the whole album. <laughs> I like that line in it, turn around bright eyes. Yeah. Bright eyes. It reminds me of this book I read called Bright Eyes. Oh, yeah. Who wrote yeah. that? I don't even remember, but like the guy would like, he's like a serial killer, would take the eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm going to clip this shit. <laughs> Take the eyes out. Oh, weird book. I read that a long time ago. Like, and that's all I remember from it. Wow. I don't know yeah. if I've ever read a book about murderers. You never, you don't ever like read those, um, like detective books or anything like that. Okay, yeah, that's right. So, uh, like I've read a few Dean Koontz when I found them in the uh, room I was renting one year. Mm. Um, I mean, I've, I've read about, like, in Stephen King books, I've read, like, there was, uh, oh, no, this is one of my, one of the ones I really like, like by him, too, uh, about this abused woman, and her husband is this psychotic cop, um, is, and she, like, is, escapes into an oil painting. Oh. Uh, so it's... But, it's it's, it's um, based in realism. Yeah, yeah. It's firmly, <laughs> firmly rooted in reality. Because when he wants to write, like, um, reality stuff, like, he usually goes under his, his pseudonym, right? No, I think, uh, like, when he did Richard Bachman, that was just uh, sort of his early year stuff. Oh, okay. Um, Is that what he wrote Shawshank under? I don't think he did. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think he did. I thought he had like two or three pseudonyms. <laughs> oh, maybe he does. Oh, this book was called Rose Matter. Okay. I, that sounds familiar. They, they probably made that into a movie. Yeah, probably. It has it has really cool surrealist elements in it. I mean, it has full on, you know, metaphysical shit, but it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Because that's always, like, that is, to me, that's really terrifying when uh, you sort of, like, at least can see if you accept the, uh, if you accept whatever this weird element is. Like, okay, so she's stepping through this oil painting, you right. know, and whatever. Um, that, like, once you get to that, but then you combine it with these, you know, really scary, like, the the evil that real people are capable of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that yeah, that's what you're that. escaping from, and that's what you're... Like, it's not so much that there's sort of this terrifying goddess who's uh, who is the overlord of this world she's escaping into. There's that, but then there's also, you know, just uh, spousal abuse. I mean, yeah, it's like there's the uncontrollable, which is a metaphysical thing, right? And, but then you also have 
how people's reaction towards it. Yeah. Right? So like we have this COVID situation and then which is scary in itself, but then the the other portion that's really scary and actually controllable is people's reaction to it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean I always thought that the movie Scream was probably one of the best horror movies because it it had no like supernatural thing. It was actually mm-hmm. just like kids like being really dicks. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Okay. Is that I've never seen that movie. It's really it's uh I don't know if it's held up well, but I, I really I, I really enjoyed it. It's really good. I thought yeah. I thought it was good. I don't know if it's still good, but um, I've probably yeah. seen it referenced so much at this point that that I know it more than I realized. Yeah, and, and I would I would definitely just do maybe the first one and I would probably stop there. You know, just you know, the second one's okay, but Yeah. Definitely still not screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and yet still screaming (laughs) (laughs) still screaming after all these years wow uh oh that's you're right that's who that is what happened (laughs) you're right i i I couldn't think of who it was oh yeah yeah, no yeah paul simon yeah queen boy paul simon oh shut up where's what do you know what neighborhood he's from I don't. I know he went to Forest Hills High School. Okay. Um, so I would, I would say somewhere around Forest Hills, around there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah both Penn and, si- and the other one, Simon and Garfunkel, they both went to Forest Hills. Both Penn and Teller. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, you know, one never really spoke, but um, <laughs> this shy kid never, I think he also had his tongue ripped out at a very young age. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So this week, we're not really looking at any uh, poems or literature or anything. Uh, we're just going to kind of like just talk about the new year and holiday situations and, I don't know, um, move forward. Um, <laughs> we're going to move know, forward. We're moving forward to every season. Turn, turn, turn. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about Stephen King, and I know The Stand came out. Um, what, oh, what, yeah. What, what are your feelings on that one? It's bad. <laughs> did you have high hopes for it so n- i wasn't that revved up about it like i only knew about it because uh brian was excited about it okay um but i'm a i actually am a big fan of the both the book and the like early 90s i think it's early 90s miniseries okay that had uh gary sinise and molly ringwald and cicely tyson and like i i thought i really did like that um and so this you know it the idea it's a i think a thousand page book so there's definitely plenty of material there to do a series on it Mm -hmm. but um they're doing a they're doing a kind of to me messed up uh they they they're not doing it in chronological order which Mm -hmm. isn't something that typically would like like blow my hair back you know like i've seen pulp fiction it's cool you can do that but um the the book is organized in these big chunks and they i i don't know basically like because they started in the middle and then they're doing flashbacks you know what all the choices everybody made are and there's there are literal good and evil choices to be made Mm -hmm. and so uh you know by them sort of starting 
after after the plague and going back like you you already know who ended up where and uh it just kind of like takes all the all the suspense out of or in yeah all the all the suspense i don't know it's almost like they're doing it for people that they think have already read the book Mm. because i don't think it would make sense to me if i were watching it and i and i didn't know but but it's one of those things where when you do know the source material so well, you're just like, there's no way for you to have the same experience as somebody who just watched it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And also you, you tend to have a, um, like a type of ownership over it and you you protect the source material and how it's, you know, how it's, it's filmed or whatever. You're kind of going to be extra critical about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was open for it to be, to be different, but it, it does just seem, uh, kind of goofy. Yeah. The one in the night, the one in the nineties, the first one, was that like, like, did people like it a lot? I don't remember. I don't know either because for me, I was watching it. Uh, I think, I think I watched it at home some and I definitely wasn't supposed to. Oh, oh yeah maybe that's not true depending on when it came out because i certainly wasn't home after 1995 but um yeah i don't i don't know what the reaction to it was because it was like you know back then it was so different where you had like a mini series event and then uh i don't yeah. know yeah like mini series events were like you know like an annual thing it was a big to do um yeah especially like i think of the ones like in the 80s with like north and south um, oh yeah, I love those. Um then there was um V is another mini series event I recall. Um, you know, those two um I you know, North and South was to me at the time boring. No, well I mean yeah. of course you loved it. It had uh, Patrick Swayze in it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding ding. Yeah, and I uh I've read Kirstie I read the Alley. books too because of it. Yep, oh, Kirstie yeah. Alley was in it and uh Jonathan Frakes who is on was on Star Trek the Next Generation right, he was Commander he Riker and uh yeah that was where he met his wife who played uh one of the other characters okay yeah yeah so who it was pretty it was pretty was good it? it was it was um it, so Patrick Swayze was on the Confederate he was like the Confederate dude right yep he, was his name Rory Ori. Ori. And who was the guy in the uh the his like friend that was on the um the I don't union. remember who played the other guy. The other guy was George. George Hazard. So there was like the there was the Hazard family in the north in Pennsylvania and there were the Maines in South Carolina and they their sons met at uh West Point. Right, right. Before um before what? The the war with Mexico. Mm. and had fought there and so they had all these loyalties to one another and so that i mean because basically the 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 main generals in the civil war in real life (laughs) they had all been comrades you know like they all were trained together and then you know had fought together and then when they came up then they you know obviously split sides but there was a lot of um a lot of bad feeling against west point because the the i like they were like what are you doing there you're just training a bunch of traitors like what did what did the teachers there do that fostered this whole generation of people who turned on their country right like it was it was one of the yeah the many areas of bad feeling 
around the Civil War. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that that it's this whole family saga where like the the families have gone and uh, sort of intermarried and been friends with one another for fifteen years or so, and then the Civil War happens and um, you know hijinks ensue. And then was Kirstie Alley Patrick Swayze's sister? No, Kirstie Alley was the Northern guy's sister, oh, okay. and so when the before the Civil War happened. Uh, the family, the Northern family came down to visit the Southern family and she helped one of their slaves escape. Right, right, right. Yeah. I don't think she'd be doing that today. <laughs> yeah. So her her politics are very different. Today. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, uh, I don't know how that went. She went from that to cheers to uh, being an avid Trump supporter. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I just sort of feel like she lives on the same island with Roseanne now. And, like they just both seem Allen, kind right? of, yeah, they just seem kind of crazy in the same way. Yeah, it's really funny the 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 celebrities that like took a stance just to you know support Trump and like you know I, I mean I don't know may, maybe because you know all, you know all our friends and who we you know surround ourselves with are pretty much like minded but like they they just seem so like slightly off. Yeah, you know, and who's the like Jolie's father, Angelina Jolie? Um, right. Like he just, John, yeah. He just John Boyd, yeah. He just seems really like, like something like I don't know, like, like you know, I don't know, like something's wrong. <laughs> you know, like oh, has he been? Has he been splashing out about it? Or yeah, he's really like, um, and it kind of gets scary when like you know the religious stuff comes into play, where like you know chosen, and you're just like whoa, <laughs> you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm not sure, you know. We want to start throwing around chosen with regards to politics, you know? Yeah. It's just, maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let's, let's keep the grasp on the fact that it's you, like people going to work. Yeah. And, you know, you know, well, well, I, I don't know if Trump's going to work, but, uh, or well, I, no. I don't know what he's working, what he's working on. Uh, I was, I was, I was sure thinking that he wasn't going to come back from Mar-a-Lago, but I was wrong. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't bet money on that. <laughs> I have to admit that I don't. I I don't really know. I haven't. I haven't been following stuff that much the past couple of weeks. And that's probably the best thing to do. Let's be honest. Yeah. Good. Well, because I, it's it's one of those things where. I feel like I I can't really delude myself that my like keeping an eye on it is going to make a difference. Yeah, that's true. and that is you know we're yeah, gonna that's yeah no that's that's probably the smartest thing to do. <laughs> you know because yeah I mean yeah like if if it was if in any way you can make a difference then you know then you should be able to act right and then that's all yeah. you choose to act or not. But regarding all this like bullshit in the air there's nothing nothing really anyone can do yeah i mean i've done a couple things about the georgia elections but um, yeah other other than that i mean i feel it's like we're in another it feels like we're in another holding pattern waiting for the inauguration and to see you know what level of shenanigans happen yeah i mean january 6th right i mean i know that like you had that all those people happening, you know, for and it's like I really feel like I mean, going back to uh north and south, um it seems <laughs> like yeah, I I, I I don't know. I feel like either nothing's gonna happen, everything's gonna go through, or it's gonna be like some fucking really weird like 
hoopla or some weird, possibly violent shit is going to happen. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Neither of it. Yeah, like, my, you know, my my friends who live in D.C., like, they just, it's like every weekend, it seems like there's more just crazy people down there just, you know, trying to poke the bear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I was just reading an article about how like DC has become the battle ground for all these like you know, and, and you know, um progressive and conservative, but like you know, when progressives come out and usually to protest, it's not like usually a fucking Dick's hunting Violent. yeah, Dick's hunting store material like, you know, ARs <laughs> and fucking random, you know, cosplay shit going on, you know? Yeah. I it's funny cuz they always bring up like my friends down there that, you know, like they on the day of Trump's inauguration, like they they very firmly they're they're very, like their politics are very similar to ours, but uh you know, they're they're like no, we saw Antifa with our own eyes. We saw people in black going around and burning stuff and um I don't think I've uh, but I don't I, it's it's funny because you hit that point where you're like, yeah, I don't really believe that those were real Antifa, you know, it like where like nobody, I don't have any idea what to trust anymore, yeah. especially yeah. after like the stuff that happened during, you know, like the George Floyd protests yeah. where you had, you know, those so many people going around pretending that they were, that they were on the that they were protesters and you know breaking stuff and inciting violence and yeah like the- it's just weird but it's 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 funny because the you know like if, if somebody else was like oh well i don't believe whatever you know i would think they were being paranoid but it just all seems like it's possible that it's true yeah i mean well i mean even like i mean there's video of police officers in new york city <laughs> um like trying to yeah. incite people with the um with the loudspeakers in their cars. So, you know, it's, it's, and usually, you know, you would think it'd be off duty police officers. These, these motherfuckers <laughs> are off duty. Right out the open. Yeah. So, you know, it's not uh, unheard of to think that, you know, and, and that, and that, that's always been, um, you know, a strategy is to incite. Um, yeah. So it's not like it's, you know, out of the realm of possibility or, or, or any type of reality. It's just been historically recorded. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe, you know, and, and, and not to say that uh, there aren't, you know, people, you know, who are protesting that, you know, are not causing any type of anarchy. But I, I usually see a lot of peaceful protesting um, Yeah. when I see, you know, footage, when I see any type of anything or when I've even gone myself. But I, that's like 20 years ago. But like just the mere presence of somebody um, claimed to be protesting with an AR fucking rifle or whatever yep. the fuck, AR-15, like, that's not peaceful protesting. That's basically saying that's intimidation. And that's, yep. that's like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, like... I, and it's gutless, too. It is completely... Yeah. Could you imagine if, like, Martin Luther King and all his peoples protested with, like, assault rifles? <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> right, because that's not that's not... That's not going out to voice your to voice your opinion it's going out to intimidate and yeah you're shouting your opinion and you're not even having a right it's yeah. saying you have to listen to me because i have a deadly weapon in my hands right the, the 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 possibility of a dialogue between two sides uh kind of 
don't, don't exist when you have a rifle. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I never, under, you know, when I first started seeing that, like, early on, and I was just like, man, they, they really need to do something about this. But, I mean, you know, like, a lot of these states that, that have that open carry, like, they're all relatives with the, the police officers or, or some other police officers, you know? Like, I don't know. I You know, I, I'm not a big gun thing. I don't really believe that everyone should have a gun, but, you know, that's I'm not going to take anyone's rights away, but, like, I don't think you need to walk the streets with a fucking rifle. Like, this isn't a fucking video game. Yeah. I remember when we went to Mexico and the military police, like, just on the street with the... Like, it, it, it is weird <laughs> it's a weird feeling yeah you know even after 9-11 in new york city when like they had every like military presence and um or like the police officers like it's a special units had like these assault rifles it's really like you get taken aback because yeah when I, i'm not used to living in a police state like that you know or at least no like it it was always weird when i would go to work like the when i would come out of the subway um at the station by the staten island ferry terminal yeah that's where I, you know where i came out every morning for 15 years and the uh like it just randomly you never knew when you'd come out and there would be you know half a dozen guys with with those rifles and it was just like, uh-oh, what's going on today? You know, and eventually you live here long enough, you're like, okay, who's in town? Right. You know, like, is Obama at the UN or whatever? But, um, yeah, it's a weird thing. And it was weird in Mexico to, you know, just be in a taxi f- near the airport and see all of these different, you know, little army jeeps, and they're just full of guys yeah, with rifles. Exactly, yeah. It, that's exactly the same scene I have in my head. We were driving, and it was like a army jeep and yeah just dudes with rifles and it's like jesus christ what's going on here but i mean yeah yeah. like are we at war right now like what's why is this necessary but i mean i mean mexico has a very um you know they have a very violent history so you're kind of like okay (laughs) of course but that's the thing where you're just like oh right i came here on vacation (laughs) yeah and this is apparently the way it works here oh cool yeah, and it's funny, <laughs> even in New York, it, it's amazing how we normalize things so quick, too, right? Just to, I guess, you know, save our own brains in some weird way. Because you do get used to it. Like, I, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, 9-11 should happen. And now there's, you know, there's people with these types of military equipment here. And then it goes away. And, like, even they went away, too, in New York City. But um, yeah. unless, like you said, some shit's going down. But, like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. I... I yeah, I mean, hopefully they'll just go back to their little holes, um, you know, and everything will get back to some sort of level of productivity in, in government. Yeah. Those are the hopes and wishes for 2021. Um, hopes and dreams. Yeah. Uh, I watched I watched yesterday uh, this PBS. Um, oh, shoot. It's not great performances. It's probably American Masters. Okay. Um, about Laura Ingalls. Yeah. And uh, man, at the end of that, I just felt shame. Just, <laughs> oh, just shame. Shame. Well, uh, why? Because of just um, like xenophobic, racist ideology that <laughs> happened back in the day. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
because I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I told you earlier this year when we were hanging out that I had, uh, I had Googled something like, uh, like colonialists giving land back and oddly got no results. Um, or just got, <laughs> got results from, uh, you know, Native Americans say, or indigenous people saying, yeah, you should give the land back. Um, yeah, I felt really weird about it after I watched it because that those books were so formative for me. Yeah. And uh, not, not just as far as the sort of the values in them, but because they were what opened up for me, my awareness that I had a facility with language and an interest and that that was, that was sort of where, you know, the gifts that I had where they were Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I'm not proving it right now, but uh, (laughs) you know, like my aunt, my aunt gave me, I had a hard time reading in first grade. And then my, uh, my aunt gave me one of those books over the summer. And by second grade, you know, I was, I was in the top reading group and because the, because I loved those books so much Yeah, and they, they just completely opened everything up for me as far, and um, I don't know the basically like the, the show comes out with like that it was the book series were fully a collaboration between Laura and her daughter mm-hmm. who was a pretty famous writer but her daughter never wanted they both denied they both denied it because uh they well Laura Laura was obsessed with the idea that everything in the books were true when they weren't mm. uh and Rose didn't want the be didn't want to be associated with children's literature because she was a real writer gotcha it was her position on it not that children's writers aren't but that was she <laughs> She didn't want to be stigmatized yeah. at the time. Yeah, I get it. But so basically she was pumping all this sort of, she became like a um, sort of a cult hero for the libertarians that were forming okay. uh, in, as she got older. And so a lot of what she pumped into the books, that was, that was her ideology. And then, whereas her mom was more like, you know, pioneering spirit blah 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 this is pull yourself up by your bootstraps and so like she was horrified by fdr she thought he was a communist because of the new deal right right right. uh so i didn't love that and and then the truth was that like her her dad because he like she laura and her family they they had lived by the time she was 16 she had lived in 15 different houses and you know, and that was, I think she was born in 1867, I want to say. So wow. just after the Civil War ended. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, like her dad, her dad just, he just kept, uh, like, <laughs> he couldn't, he couldn't make ends meet. And they just kept leaving over and over. And they had all these different jobs. And like, she had to work in a hotel when she was just a child. And she almost got sexually assaulted in the that was the the only thing that like persuaded her parents to let her come home and not have to work there anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and her dad even he signed a pauper's oath because they just kept they kept having kids and he couldn't feed them. Mm. And so he had to I mean he always he always worked, but 
I, it's just so funny that like she had no she sort of scrubbed that out from the books and then this like that they have in writing her saying that FDR was a communist because of these assistance programs and it's like dude your family had to take assistance yeah, I mean, well, it just shows that uh, the hypocrisy. And is, also, is like the homesteading act—that's yeah. assistance. I'm so sorry. What were you just saying? Oh, I just said that the hypocrisy is, is evergreen, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, and even she, she and her husband never really did that well, and he, like, they—it wasn't until she started writing the books that they had any money at all, mm. and that's why. That's why her daughter sort of forced her to write the books was because she wanted them to be more stable because her life had sucked so much when she was a kid because they were poor. Right. It, I don't know. It, (laughs) I still have, I still have the sort of the feelings that I have about the books that they're, they're, they're still of value, but that they're, I mean, we had talked about this on an episode that like you, they shouldn't, the idea that, like, what I always picture was in fourth grade, there was one of those twirling book racks in the corner of our classroom yeah. that you could that you could borrow books from, mm-hmm. and a little house books were on there. And I just keep thinking, you know, like if if a kid just walks over and grabs that book, and you know, it's got the only good Indians a dead Indian in it, and there's no context. It's just here's a good book for you to read in your right. spare time. Um. Yeah. So yeah. that happened. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, it's still it's still a piece of literature. I don't. I, I think it still has value. Yeah. I, I just, you know, it, it depends on how you read it. Um, you know, and and also like you know, the it's up to the 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 it's up to the reader if if they choose, you know, if they choose. I mean, this is this it's called growth. Basically, you read something. And if you want to read it again, or if you want to reevaluate what you read at a later age while you've grown, um, and then you, you know, the growth is when you realize that some of the things might be a little bit different, or that's yeah. not how you, you know, what, how you view it now is not the same as how you viewed it then. And to acknowledge that, you know, there's some fucked up shit here. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, you know, to me, that's, you know, every piece of, every piece of literature is written by, you know, a white man. Or even a white woman sometimes is problematic, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't. You know, there's this lack of representation. There's lack of different things. You know, it's how they see the world, which influences how the general narrative of how people view the world, which is why we're so fucked at the moment. But um, I don't know. Right. It's you know. No, I think Roxanne Gay. Uh, she's she's interviewed in it. She was talking about how. I, I think it was her who said this, that, you know, you, you view, you can view it uh, when you read something like that, you can view it as a snapshot at the time of, of how people were treated at the time. Right. And if you, if you take, you know, if you take that out because it's offensive, then you're taking out the fact that that's how people were treated. Right. Yeah. And then I totally agree with that. Um, you know, you're also lying to yourself. And you're like, right. you're, you're you're doing essentially the same shit that they did to the Bible, um, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's you don't you know I don't think text really should be edited, you know, after if it's been released, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, the you know that Netflix series, the one where the girl commits suicide, they took out the they took out the, the, the scene where she commits suicide. 
13 Reasons Why? Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if that, you know, that, that, you know. They, oh, they took out that whole, like, bathtub scene where, she, yeah, where I, she does it? Yeah, apparently they did. I haven't, like, I don't know how much they cut, but, like, the phys, you know, the physical, her doing it uh, apparently has been edited out. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Okay. Would, I don't know why you would do that, you know. Yeah. You know, I, you know, it's it is a hard to take scene, but I I mean the whole thing is to basically show the I don't know. Or maybe they felt that I don't I don't know. I just don't know why it was taken out. I don't know if it did anything to take it out. You know. Yeah. Um and then it'd be the same thing, you know, taking out offensive things. Eh. Well, you're basically whitewashing, you know, history because we have a terrible violent races um misogynistic history uh, paternal yeah you know, like it needs to be you know it's what is it uh, if you forget the past you're you know doomed to repeat it right so i mean this is what you're doing you're doomed to repeat it you're the perpetual cycle of just ugliness um let's learn from you know we let's let us come to the conclusion that it was wrong you know yeah uh, i don't know what are you gonna do don't watch Tenet, I tell you that much. What is that? That that new Christopher Nolan movie? No, I think I missed that one. Yeah, I saw it. You should miss it. It's really <laughs> it's really um it's really like a masturbatorial pseudo wants to be intellectual but it's not movie. Um about like I don't even know where to begin. You know, it's kind of like a like a cool James Bond movie with Denzel Washington's son. Um, oh, okay. What's his name? John David Washington. Um, and he's like a CIA that guy, like super like smooth and cool, and like basically comes across this like device where you can go into a, a parallel universe that basically okay. is your same timeline, but you're you're walking against that time so if anyone in the other time sees you they would they would see you walking backwards <laughs> okay um and it, it you know there's more to it but like it's not worth getting into <laughs> <laughs> oh is he he's the guy who made inception yeah he's the guy who made it i don't even know why okay i, I don't what know why I, thinking? I don't know why i did it i don't know i won't do it again yeah, we all make mistakes. Yeah, I just, you know, I mean, I didn't see Interstellar, but I decided to watch this one. Um, okay. And uh, I regret it. <laughs> I mean, it was just so stupid. Did you watch uh did you watch Wonder Woman yet? I did watch it. I did. We saw her last Saturday. Um like I put the like the speakers in the house to try to have like some sort of like theater like experience. Oh, fun! Um, it was good. It, I I enjoyed the first one more. Um, yeah, but you know, it's it's a superhero movie, so it's fun. You know. Yeah. Did you like it? Did you see I it? Thought, yeah, I I did like it. I I know it's like every every outlet I follow is panning it pretty hard. Yeah, they they yeah they really taking and I get it because it is kind of uh, preachy at the end. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, well, what, what were you gonna say? Oh, so I mean, without without spoiling it 
completely i mean a lot of it hinges on the idea of of wishes mm-hmm. and i thought that was i don't know i thought that was really that was really powerful because i think we it's so you know it's just so common to say oh i wish blah 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 and i wish whatever and then but then wishes are really um they can either be you know so casual you know or they can really be like your like soul deep desires yeah and especially in a you know a time right now the idea that we're just all sort of wishing wishing that things were different and wishing things will be better and you know it like that's that's your hope yeah like it's it's kind of like the i yeah i thought it was interesting how it sort of explored the difference between between greed and hope Mm-hmm. And how like it's a it's a fine line um, of like everybody sort of wants an easy button. Yeah. And um, like that's what I've heard people say before. That's what the whole like unhealthy princess culture for little girls thing is. Yeah. Is that, you know, is that idea that like somebody's going to come save you and all of the right. sort of things in life that are hard are going to go away. Right. You know, that's what the prince does. And, um, you know, that'll, that leads to a lot, a lot of, a lot of expectations that just aren't going to happen. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think but that, that I like, I think the, I, I did think that that was really sort of poignant that it, like, as far as it, it capturing that feeling that I think so much of the world is having right now of, um, just that you know, and we just wish it wasn't like this. We wish it could be better. We don't, you yeah. know, we don't understand and like it trying to hold on to hope uh, that it can still change without without sort of trying to take the easy way out. Yeah, for whatever that means. No, I hear you. I mean, and I think that kind of like um, goes into what we were talking about with editing the books, right? Um, yeah. You know, because you're you're trying to you're trying to uh, remove that hard conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you're trying to remove the work, if you will. You're trying to remove what you have to do to get over these things, to reconcile these things. Um, and that's what wishes do. Uh, you know, you can't move. It's an easy way to move forward, right? It's like the fast pass right. at Disney. <laughs> you don't get to wait in line. Um, yeah, no, I, well, that, I mean, that's also the idea with, with reparations. That's so hard Mm -hmm. of, I wish we, I wish we could make this better, but I don't know. I don't know how to do it. And I don't like, it's such a sort of unrealistic, not expectation, but the idea that the people, the people that benefited are then are actually going to even things out themselves. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're going to take the hit. And so that's sort of why I felt, you know, shame, not, not shame for me, like related to like loving those books or anything like that, but shame is just as far as like, um, we live on stolen land, (laughs) you know, like where, where I grew up, um, that that's all native American land. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't know what the you know the the idea that we were sold on for so long and that those books promoted so much was that the you know expansion to the west was an example of you know american spirit right also and, yeah like but and also like a divine intervention like or like um you know what is a 
like using religion like yeah destiny. like a manifest destiny type yeah exactly yeah like god put this land here for us yeah. it's just empty yeah here you go yeah there's no one there right you know um uh, so i don't know i the I don't know what to do yet as a person who has benefited, you know, from yeah. this crime. Well, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's problematic specifically with, uh, I don't know, Native American or Indigenous. Um, I don't know what the proper... Um, I don't either. But it, I think Indigenous has more traction these days. But. Yeah, um, even so. But I mean, the problem, I mean, I, I always, like, when I think about reparations and I'm like, you know... I always think about practicality and I, I think about what is best for like, you know, outside of like financial gains or like, you know, which I have no issue with any of it. But one of my mm-hmm. things is that I, I always want, and it, I hold this for any type of reparations is to really have changes in institutional policies and also really reinforce things like uh, affirmative action, but like, you know, like really look at the details and, and make sure that it does um, help. Um, not hinder nor in the future create weird conversations with like angry white dudes. No, this is why, this is how you do it. Um, you know, and I think over time that can help um, outside of, and, you know, like I said, like the money situation, giving money, I'm not, you know, I'm not against it. I just, I, I just want something that has a, a more lasting effect because yeah. institutional racism is through institutional policies and those policies need to be reevaluated. I mean, you know, things with, you know, criminal justice, um, you know, the, the, the war on drugs and all these things, um, you know, for, I don't know, for like re- reevaluating like casinos um, and how that um, is, um, how, how, how that money, there's definitely no trickle down there. Um, you know what I mean? Right. Um, that, that is corrupt in itself. Um, and I don't mean like corrupt that they don't pay any tax on the land. I don't care about that. But like, even those people who have that money that own those casinos are not helping the land as much as we think they are. Um, you know, there's always going to be greed in all these situations. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's, it's not, none of it's easy, but I yeah. think the conversation needs to be had. And I think that's, yeah. you know, everyone's trying to sweep it under the carpet, you know? Yeah. It, it's more, you start to think about things. It's just like, everyone's trying to run away from these like hard conversations or hard reflective, like looking at themselves or looking at the country or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's one of the issues I had with the end of that movie. And I don't, I just feel like there was no accountability. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and yeah, I, I, yeah, I had a, yeah, I had a real big issue with that. Um, and and just also in the continuity of the all the other movies I had an issue with, but that's you know me being a comic book geek, so that's something completely different. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I knew too that when it's like what I was saying about the stand, I knew that me watching Wonder Woman, I don't have much baggage with it. Yeah. Like I don't have much, you know, personal history, so I just am like, oh, Gal Gadot's awesome. Let me watch this movie with Gal Gadot. Yeah, no, she is. Um, I, I totally think that she is the perfect. Like <laughs> they casted her perfectly. Um, but yeah. I, I, you know, I sometimes I like the more the version of a Wonder Woman that's more um, not that she's not badass, but more like not so vulnerable, I guess. Mm. Uh, and she just seems so vulnerable all the time, and also 
you know, with the that whole speech at the end, it, it just feels like it's such a it's such a it's, it's such a like how do you how do I say it? It's like like a paternalistic view of white men in power not having not having to answer to anything and let mm -hmm. a marginalized let a, the marginalized group take care of it you know what it's really like i'll tell you right there i'll just simplify this it's like it's 1950s the man works the woman stays home to raise the children and when the man comes home he doesn't have to do shit <laughs> <laughs> and the housewife is stuck doing all the shit and and basically everything falls on her and that's how i feel that they they that's how i felt like this movie looked at a superhero who super you know a woman that's a superhero that she has mm. to take, she has to clean out everything. And it's only amplified, like I said, by the end of the movie when there's almost no accountability at all. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't completely sure I understood what happened. But, um, but I will say Kristen yeah. Wiig was better than I thought. I thought she was pretty good. Yeah, I liked her a lot. But I, I didn't love, I, I didn't really <laughs> love what, like she wasn't as, uh, and I don't think it was her performance. I think it was the effects. I didn't really, once she was in full beast mode, Oh yeah, it, it wasn't that cool. Um, yeah, I wanted but, her in that all the whole time because that's how she looks in the comics. Ah. So I wanted her like, you know, like, you know, cats. Like, And I wanted her to start singing like cat tunes, you know, from the, from the, movie, <laughs> from the Broadway show. Um, yeah, yeah, Jellicoe cats. I, I, I didn't like that she was kind of herself in the beginning like the stereotypical like how she always plays thing like goofy mm. but i like how when the... it, it was a little like one of her snl characters but, yeah but normal yeah, yeah exactly but then when the confidence came and i thought like that was where i'm like oh okay here's the, yeah. here's the acting chops you know <laughs> like well because it was very like uh like one of those princess diary movies of like let's pretend that anne hathaway is not pretty <laughs> In the beginning, like I'm not saying Kristen Wiig is a supermodel, but she is a beautiful woman. Like yeah. she's an actress, and uh, so the the whole you know you can only make her so dumpy. Like she was, but I also I mean I thought that that was kind of poignant too. Like the whole I understand if you're the Kristen Wiig character looking at it the wonder it Gal Gadot as the scientist and being like, oh, I wish I was like her. Yeah. Like why does she why does she get attention and I don't? Right. It's because she's a demigod. Yeah, I mean, she gives um, an aura to her that, you know, that, yeah. that clearly not everyone has. Um, but also, like, you can be a perfectly attractive woman like Kristen Wiig is and see Gal Gadot and be like, oh, I kind of feel like shit now. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, yeah. like. I, I was wondering if um, they had, like, who else could have played that character? And I was wondering, like, if you swapped out Kristen Wiig with, like, Betty Gilpin. Oh, interesting. And like, because I think, and I'm not even looking at the geeky portion. I'm looking at the superhero or the supervillain portion of her. And I think she would have been so like imposing because she's so big. By the superhero portion, do you mean her jugs? No, no, I mean like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Those, those are imposing. They are. They are. <laughs> she, I mean, she goes superhero so fast. Like, she's superhero in almost in real life. You put her. Like all you have to do is put her in makeup, and you're like, "Oh, you're a superhero." I, 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 I don't mean <laughs> her superhero jugs. I mean her supervillain jugs. No, uh, 
because like you know when you <laughs> when you read comics, like there's a certain statuesque, like um, like look to them. So, um, I just felt like you know she just is a little bit more like shoulders back, broad shoulders. You know, has that like can go toe to toe with woman when the woman look. You know. Yeah. I just didn't like the the sort of heroine chicness of her catness. Yeah, it was a little stringy. <laughs> I didn't like. I think yeah, she needed a combing. <laughs> yeah, no, her hair was just all stringy. Like yeah, it, I, yeah. I, I um, I felt like they didn't like have her too long in there. In that, like, in you know, I guess that CGI was very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh I have I so clearly I got HBO Max, which is how I was able to watch Wonder Woman. Um but I found a couple of really awesome reality shows that just uh killed my whole New Year's Day yesterday, which was great. Um one is called Full Bloom and it's basically like British Bake Off but with florists. So that's a fun one. And then the other one is called uh oh shoot it's the it's the pottery throwdown it's the great pottery throwdown and it's it's in uh, a little tiny town in england that has been well it's not that tiny but it's it's been a uh like where where pottery and ceramics were made okay. in england for hundreds of years and so it's uh there are these two uh, the judges are these two sort of master potters and they, they, it's, it's, yeah, it's Bake Off, but with mm. pottery. It was amazing. And it was, uh, you know, just not like super reality showy. Like, that's what I really like are shows that are actually about um, applications of skill instead of yeah, like yeah, yeah, fake yeah. drama. So those yeah, are, those are really thing, fun um, ones. They have a, like a. Um... It's called, I forget what it's called. It's on the History Channel, but basically they have three contestants, um, and they each are told to make a type of um, blade, like a sword or an axe or something like that. And they're all like blacksmith, and then <laughs> okay. like the judges will like you know judge them out. Then they you know accordingly every round, I think everyone gets uh, you know like chopped. You know that show Chopped. Like you know every round someone gets yeah. eliminated until like the final round where it's like two guys who have to go against each other to make like this whatever weapon um you know blade or whatever and yeah so yeah those shows it's, it's like you get that's to see hilarious have a skill like you said and like kind of like you know get to like compete for it and who's better and you know you get to have like an like a, a very limited knowledge of like swords or you know for you pottery or whatever you know you know I mean, that's where <laughs> yeah. we all learned the word fondant right from watching these baking shows you know <laughs> Like, I would never have known what fondant <laughs> was or fondant or whatever. No, I, I knew I knew what it was, but I just, I don't like it. Every time I see the, I, it looks cool, yeah, it but it never taste, tastes right? good. I, I agree with it. Yeah, it's that super, like, chemically yeah, yeah, yeah. sweetness. Right, just give me a regular whipped. Um, yeah, give me some buttercream. I could do the buttercream so well. Yeah, you're just you're like a whipped whipped cream uh, yeah. frosting I mean, the guy. Buttercream goes in buttercream and comes out a different type of cream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, oh god, 
Yeah. I don't know why. That's fair. I don't know why. Uh, are you like are you like full on no, lactose intolerant um, these days? I, I cut back on my milk intake a lot. I don't put milk in my coffee anymore. Um, you know, what? only like in, in nice coffee I do because I just want that. But it's not it's not iced coffee season right now. <laughs> no. Uh, so oh um, I don't know so what that's the what you season did is right. That's what I did yesterday. And I, yeah, and I also, speaking of desserts, just keep finding spots of purple everywhere in my kitchen because I was making, for New Year's Eve, I was making this um, lemon blueberry uh, ginger no-bake cheesecake. And I had left the mixture to cool in the refrigerator. And when I opened it, the whole thing, the it was in like one of those oh, bullet blender yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mixer containers. And it, it tipped and it fell and hit the floor. The lid came off and it just splashed wow. up like a geyser. And so I got it all over me. It was like all over every, every surface in the kitchen. Estella came and brushed up against me and it was all on her. I had to give her a bath. Like it was because otherwise I was just like, oh my God, if she goes and lays down in the living room, I'm going to have, like going to have blueberry on the couch and, you know, it's, um, yeah, so I just keep every time I think I've got it cleaned up, I find more of it. Like I thought that night I had it, I had it all taken care of, and then I go and I open the fridge, mm. and the fridge was full of it because when it splashed up, oh. the fridge door was open. It's in the freezer. It's just yeah. So I just keep that's that's I my. Keep uh, giving. I mean it. it it's a, yeah, it's a good reason to clean every surface in the kitchen. That sucks. Um, did you, were you able to yeah. salvage any? Like, were you able to? Yeah, it's still the container when it hit okay. the floor was still half full. Uh, so yeah, actually, we never we didn't eat any of it. It's I think it's still in their fridge. So it, hopefully it's okay. It, I mean, it should have been good. It was like, I lemon and blueberry always go really well together. And then I think like and then I put crystallized okay. ginger on top. And it was a the crust was a pretzel crust. Yeah, like salty. it should have been good. Like tart. Um, all right. That's yep. With a little bit of little bit of yeah, spiciness from the ginger. Floor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no floor. No floor. But the it was sad because the yeah, so I well, I only had like a third of the filling I intended to have. So what I did was I took a whole bunch of fresh blueberries yeah. and filled it in. So that I don't know. It was it was not meant to be. Um, we are going to go back to our reading schedule next week. Uh, yeah, we are trying to pick something. I'm going to put that on you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did that. Wow. I can't believe I didn't see that coming, but I really did it. (laughs) Well, let's, I will, I will put it in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those are the ones that just yeah. go all over the kitchen. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, I will pick something and uh, put well, it in the show notes. Everybody enjoy that week. Uh, keep wearing your mask. Um, Happy 2021. New gear? 2021. Well, everybody, I hope you all have a good year. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll see you in 2022. Uh, I, 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 I keep reading all these like things, and everyone's like, like, you know what? Yeah, like, you know, it's not up to. It's not like the year is the. Um, it's not like the changing of the calendar is what makes it um, good or bad. It's it's you know it's your actions. Um, so everyone be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you're gonna be bad, be bad at home. <laughs> Wait, no, that's bad. Behave, uh, <laughs> and, you know. Maybe some good fortune will come somehow, or you know, just an overall natural good fortune for the universe. Yeah. But either way, it should have been. Yeah, good. it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will. Uh, we'll right. see you fuckers next week. All right. All right.